You're listening to the Bad Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. <laughs> We're starting today off. It's a good day. It is a good day. It's already been funny. We have a new um, fact checker. We do. Avery's in the back there. Avery, say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this might be her first and no, this is definitely her first, but it might be her last episode. We're not entirely sure we're seeing, but she's wearing one of our hats. Well, it's no, a good thing. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna keep Avery. We're we're starting we're, start, <laughs> we're starting off right. Every week I go, Avery, you you, you still want to work here? I know. I ask her too. <laughs> How do you like your job? It's just just goes. I like it, and I'm like, that's not really promising. It's not it, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. She's not I'll yet giving me. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, <laughs> she's not yet giving me a definitive answer. She hasn't. No. <laughs> Um. Okay, a couple. It's been a. It's been an eventful week. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Before we get into it, today, February third. Oh yes, a Thursday, a monumental day, a day a queen was born. Our beloved Mariah Lee McManus Goss. Yes, my daughter Mariah. Our daughter uh, Kim and I. It's not our daughter. Not your sister. <laughs> We could news adopt, flash, but news flash. <laughs> only in LA do I have to specify you're my father and not like new new sugar daddy or something weird day. like that, you know? But I'm like, hey dad. It's like a 33 year old. Mariah was born 30 years ago. Happy birthday, Mariah. We love you. Happy birthday, Mariah. And it's just a, a great day to celebrate. It is. She was a wonderful baby and has proved to be consistently a wonderful, wonderful human being for 30 years. She's incredible. We have our highs and we have our lows, Mariah. <laughs> but I, I love you more than anything, and you're my best friend. Mm -mm, that's good. She is. Right. Okay. It's been an eventful week. Where do you want to start first? Joe Rogan? Biden's secret message to <laughs> one of the guys in the press room? Or do you want to talk about, we could go Neil Young, Joni Mitchell? Or Whoopi Goldberg. What it meant to be an activist and no longer an activist? Well, I think we should tie all those together and show how they're connected. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. President of NBC said, or ABC said, no more, Whoopi. Well, she's suspended for two weeks. Oh, but the, by the president. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, but that's, it's a small slap on the wrist. She's, Is it? She's been given time to go and reflect. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like an adult timeout. <laughs> but all right, so let, let's um, maybe we should talk about um, freedom of speech because the, it's all connected. Is uh, it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, let's, Joe, let's let's go. Joe Rogan would be seen as a representative of maybe the conservative faction. I don't of think the so. American voice. He's, he's 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 too fringe to be a conservative. Like he's not QAnon fringe. He's right. kind of he's kind of libertarian. He's kind of maybe? libertarian, and then right. he kind of dabbles in. I mean, libertarian. That uh, what is it? What, what, do you, what do they call <laughs> what? it? Uh, uh, moonlighting. Moonlighting. Joe Rogan uh, moonlights as a libertarian. All right, but he's really just a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> no. Well, I think he 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 certainly would be liked by the conservative. Um, audience across America. What? And Whoopi Goldberg would be probably like a poster child of of the liberals in America. Okay. And so you have two different people who are experiencing different aspects of being canceled or trying to be canceled or or at least the conversation and is has been ignited about who should be allowed to have a voice. Uh, I saw this clip. I think it's uh is it Tapper? 
um, on CNN. I think it was him who was saying that, um, basically saying that Joe Rogan's opinion should not be allowed uh, to be spread across uh, the world, across the nation, and that some people's opinions are just more important than other people's opinions. And okay, and um, but isn't that what people are supposed to decide? Well, I guess whether an opinion. Let's, <laughs> let's give the back. Or not. Let's give it the backdrop of okay. this a little bit, All right? right go let's for set it. up the backdrop. Sorry. Okay, so the interview. No, no, sorry. No, what are you talking about? Well, I just thought you were trying to stop me from speaking my mind. No, no. Do you, you have a rant in you? No, I'm just saying that's what our conversation is about today. Oh, no, no, no. I'm all it's for it. silencing opposition. No, no, no. no. Uh, Austin can be the tiebreaker in this, but do I censor you more than you censor me? I censor myself. And I contribute to censoring you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, Neil Young. <laughs> okay, Neil. I'm calling you Neil today. I think that Mr. if Young. I allowed you to be uncensored, you would have millions of followers and millions of haters. <laughs> so I'm keeping you to uh, tens of thousands of followers and minimizing the number of haters as well. <laughs> Okay, so the, the, the controversy at hand with Joe Rogan is that Neil Young mm -hmm. and now Joni Mitchell yes. have come out and said publicly to Spotify, if you don't... If you don't cancel out, Joe yeah, Rogan. Hold on, hold on. Let me do that again. Okay, you go for it. Wow. Um, I, see, this is the thing. I'm now in my head because I've been editing the podcast. And so just to save myself work, I'd rather say it right one time than say it... <laughs> Like, no, uh, uh, no, yeah, uh, no, Austin, yeah, uh, Aaron is in a, a pool of self-loathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, right, I was, so. <laughs> I was, I was in a dark place two nights ago because Austin that night, was it Monday when we were here late? Mm -hmm. I went to their house to eat food and I came back and they were just listening to me just self-loathe, sit in self, like <laughs> there was no self-worth. I hated who I was as a, as a man. Never wants to do battle rate again. Never wants to <laughs> speak publicly again. Yeah, you know, no. can I hold the thought? Can I finish Dude, a sentence? If you really want to punish someone, <laughs> make them public speak. Make them speak publicly. See, I can't even say it right. <laughs> I, what happens to my brain? The lights go on and my brain turns to mush. And, and one of the things I told him, Austin, I think you can probably verify or deny, is that when Aaron's angry, he is so articulate he has no problem with words. <laughs> if I don't... Like, if this was a street fight, we'd be fine. <laughs> Something about... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I got to get it back. No, I'll tell you what it is. Tell me what a it part is. Part of it is that you know that I have probably more careful filters about what I say, what you say, what we say. And so a lot of times you have a hard time saying what you're thinking because you're trying really hard to say it in a way where I won't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> or cut it out. And so you're, and this is a great lesson. You're, the reason you're having a hard time speaking fluidly is because you're doing self-editing in your head. And that's what I find is true for all of us whenever we're creating, whether we're writing or making, making a film or speaking, you have to create without editing. Okay. And, uh, and writer's block is really trying to edit before you create. Okay. And what I would say is that part of the reason you're finding yourself facing these challenges and you're editing yourself now in the actual editing room is because you're trying to edit yourself. And maybe what we should do, Austin, is just let him 
speak his mind, let him just go crazy and say what he's really thinking. And it'll be way more provocative, and interesting, and you'll feel more comfortable. And then it'll get edited afterwards. And, and then he'll chop it out Not himself. chop it up afterwards. <laughs> get we, rid of it. But, like, wait, oh. but maybe we won't edit it. He can't say that about. Okay. <laughs> See, there you go. See that edit? It was a perfect edit. All this right. Is, so go back. Go back to Joe Rogan. I don't think we're going to cut any of this out. I think we're going to keep all of this. Well, you won't know. You won't know until you hear it. Because I might go walk over there and cut it out. I'm going to make so, sure that you know. If you didn't hear me say. We're not going to edit this. It's been edited. <laughs> and I'm going to say this throughout the podcast. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Free Joe, speech. Joe Rogan does an interview with Robert Malone, Dr. Robert W. Malone. Okay. Who has studied everywhere, it seems like, and worked on incredible projects. The interview is really interesting. I actually listened to it on New Year's Eve. Yeah, for full disclosure, I've never listened to Joe Rogan. No? No. I only have listened to it because of Matt. So now Actually, you're blaming someone. No, I'm not blaming. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no he introduced kidding. me to it. A Matt few, Pagan? Yeah, three years ago, uh, Joe Rogan did an interview, I think, with Kelly Slater. Oh, yes. Oh, I fascinating. That. I'm going to listen to that. Fascinating. Yeah. You have to check that one out. Absolutely. And I, it takes me a week to get through a, sing, a single Joe Rogan podcast. They're, they're long, they're right? so long. Yeah, he just did yeah. one with Jordan Peterson, and it was four hours. Oh, my. That's like I watching see, the I Titanic love, twice. I would love to go. What? And have a conversation with Joe Rogan. Yes, or Jordan Peterson. Either one. Either one of them. Or Kelly Slater. Or Kelly Slater. Everybody you've mentioned so far. All of those people. <laughs> but you're stuck with me. So he has this interview, Joe Rogan, Robert Malone. They talk. They talk about a lot of things. I think it's two and a half hours. I made it an hour and a half through. I went on a long run. I really enjoyed it. I thought well, it was really But what's his expertise? I, his expertise is... Robert so, Malone. So Robert Malone. Oh, go for it. Um, contributed to the early uh, the early research around mRNA vaccine technology that's now used for the COVID nineteen vaccines. So he's not a novice. He's not. No. Um, no. No. He, he's not a barista talking about vaccines. He's, no. uh, he's, he's not me talking about vaccines. Right. So he's because a lot of people, like especially on CNN, say Joe Rogan has people who are not experts. So here's and the thing. So he, here, he, this is a, an expert in virology who was a part of the scientific team that developed the mRNA. Yes. Okay. And so we, the interview is like two and a half hours long. Got through half of it. Got okay. through enough to, to have like a taste test, right? <laughs> Joe, the thing I love about Joe Rogan and the thing that I, I resonate with Joe Rogan because I'm like, you're enough of a conspiracy theorist that it makes me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But he's so much a conspiracy theorist that it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But he has people that are very different than him. So they, they, they talk about a lot of things. Uh, at one point, what I really appreciated about Dr. Malone was that they walk through him getting canceled on Twitter. Twitter oh, wow. banned. Wait a minute. Twitter? Disabled Malone. Okay, so a tech geek canceled. He's not a, a tech geek. He's a, he's a uh, doctor. I'm, med talking, medicine, I'm, no, I'm talking about Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, no, it would have been. Um, who's the guy? Oh, no. Sorry. That's not, um, it's not Zuck. No, no, it's, no. It's, uh, um, starts with a oh, D? I hate Twitter so much. I forget this guy's name. Dorsey. Dorsey. I knew it started with a D. Okay, I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Dorsey. Dorsey, who's a techie, cancels Mal Malone? No, I just think the irony here is that you have Dorsey, who's a an expert in technology. Okay. Canceling Malone, who's they, an expert. They, they banned his account. Yeah. In virology. Right. It just seems like a strange world. 
it seems like a strange world. So Twitter takes him off. Joe Rogan interviews him. I guess it would be a year and a half later. Okay. They have an incredible conversation. He, Malone talks about getting vaccinated really early on, actually, because mm -hmm. he works in virology. <laughs> and he, he says a few things that are really interesting. Joe Rogan tries to take him down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Okay. And Malone goes, no, 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 no. I'm not commenting <laughs> on that. One, because it, it, I think it opened him up to legal, like some illegal situation. Right, right, right. He's like, that's, that's could be slander or seen as libel. But I can give you the facts or I can give you like an understanding of why certain drugs were, uh, the, 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 he kind of explains the politics behind certain drugs like ivermectin, the, the, the monoclonal uh, IV drips. Mm -hmm. He goes into all of that stuff and he kind of talks. He's like, he goes into ivermectin and going, it's actually a really simple compound. You can make it at almost every pharmacy. Uh, but to say that it's a horse drug was really, he goes, it's really insulting to my people because I live in a place in Virginia where we raise horses. <laughs> because that's not what we would use for horses. But, you know, like he goes into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Anyway, Joe Rogan, fast forward, Joe Rogan is getting, trying to get, I guess, da, 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 da. Neil Young is trying to cancel Joe Rogan on Spotify. Joni Mitchell jumps on top of it. Okay. What? Neil Young. Neil Young. All right. When, I don't really okay. know Neil Young. When I was in my Who early, no, I was in college, you know, in my early 20s playing the guitar. One of the first songs I ever learned to play was a Neil Young, Young song called The Needle and the Damage Done. And that's a really hard song to play on the guitar. Okay. And so the guy who wrote The Needle and the Damage Done, okay. the guy who was known for pressing against cultural norms and a liberal voice of freedom and free speech, Okay. Is now removing his music from Spotify yeah. to force Spotify to silence Joe Rogan. And then who went with him? Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, another. But she's still on here, though. Brilliant uh, musician, artist that I grew up with. And um, yeah. And, but they would both be seen as a part of the. You know, Would the, they be like the hippie free movement? people, the, he, the hippie movement, the 60s, the, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the defy the government, the you're not going to stop me from saying what I'm going to say and doing what I'm going to do. Uh, it's, it, that's the burn the broad generation, the, you know, the, uh, the, the birthplace of, of, you know, the, the kind of um, uh, cultural revolution that the 60s are known for. They were iconic. So for them to say they're pulling the music so that someone is forcibly silenced because of economic pressures. Yeah. That is... Sounds like Neil Young forgot where he came from. Yeah. Or forgot w why he was allowed to say everything he's, he could say and why he could write about anything he wanted to write because in this nation, free speech has been central to uh, the health and future of, of our culture, of our society. I think it's revealing, right? We've talked about this a lot, but mm -hmm. Neil Young comes out, says Spotify, it's him or me, me or him, wow. pick one. And it's this forcing this cancel culture on a projecting cancel culture on a company that's going, we paid a lot of money for Joe Rogan and we <laughs> give you a lot of money for being on Spotify. Right. Why would you want to leave that situation? And I understand standing up for what you believe in, but if you actually listen to the interview mm -hmm. it it doesn't feel misinformation to me joe rogan's a conspiracy theorist for sure but right, you but, know what you're signing up for but let me just press against this even if it is misinformation all right we 
the internet gets created. It explodes at what, 1999? In the beginning. Right, the in the beginning, you know, and, and um, the internet exploded because of pornography. Right. I mean, the, the, I think for what, one out of every three clicks or something like that was pornography. And okay. the whole argument for not regulating it is because we allow people to say and do what they want to say and do, and you don't regulate morality, you don't regulate people's um, opinions, personal lifestyles. Right. And, uh, and so you just have to let, if you can use sort of a Bible metaphor, the wheat and the, the tares grow together. And we what do you mean by that? The, the good and the bad. Okay. Right. You know, and so you don't stop pornography because you don't want to limit free speech. Right. But now we're saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to stop Joe Rogan because he's more destructive than the dark web. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, it's, it just, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. And so then you try to cancel someone with using economic leveraging, you're basically saying, I'm pulling my, my art so that you lose money if you don't do what I tell you. And isn't that what we're trying to stop governments and big businesses from doing? It's very interesting to me. It's See, very interesting to me. He's become the man. He's become the man. He's be Neil Young has become the thing that he fought against back in the 60s. He has become that. And I hope yeah. they realize it. But it won't matter because they won't be around long enough. His estate will pass to his kids. And his kids will probably go, please put me back on Spotify so we can get that extra like six mil every year <laughs> to fund all the little things that they want to do. No, but, but Or big things okay. they want to do. All right. And then I saw just some a few clips from CNN um, where they were saying that Joe Rogan should not have this kind of influence. He should not have this voice, that his opinion should not matter and should not be allowed to, to spread. So that's interesting language to me yes. because it it's dangerous language. It is because then they believe they are the source of truth. And the sole source of truth, right? right? Because you look at CNN's numbers, CNN's numbers are tanking compared to when Trump was in office. Not saying that's a good thing, but volatility increased everyone's numbers for viewership. And I think afterwards, everyone was exhausted. And I think also they were watching Como and they were watching Cooper and they were watching- Lemon and, and, all, Lemon yeah. and all these guys. And they're going, I think they hate someone so much that their voices actually, uh, they discredit their own voices. Right. But what's interesting though, is I'm older than you. Yeah. And so I've seen this before. You have great skin, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, we had three networks. We had ABC, NBC, and CBS. Okay. And they were the source of all of our news. Okay. We had Dan Rather. We had Peter Jennings. We had um, Tom Brokaw. And, and then we had a late night show with, with, um, with Koppel. And that was all basically the news we got. And then when the cable networks emerged, the network news felt like cable was rogue. Cable was um, irrelevant. It was it was irrelevant right. and irreverent. Right. It, it didn't. It wasn't factual. You can't watch cable news. If yeah. you want the real no news, you have to watch the networks. Well, the networks have basically disappeared. Nobody watches network news. They watched no. cable news for right. the last couple of decades. Yeah. And and I remember when CNN came to life and MSNBC and Fox. And I remember when they all came into existence. And at first we're like, is this really news? Right. You, you know, is this legit? Right. Is CNN really, really telling right. us the truth? And then before we know it, CNN becomes a household 
voice, not ABC or NBC or CBS. Right. And now the cable networks are saying about the podcast voices, like Joe Rogan, right. the same thing the network said about cable news. I mean, you can't even compare them. That's true. Because Anderson Cooper does 1.2. And we're not talking about Fox News, because if you actually watch that stuff, it's... <laughs> You're 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 watching you're watching hot garbage or not not even hot maybe it's like the worst news you could possibly watch. We're talking about CNN because it's the other worst. <laughs> We're not talking about good or bad. We're talking about two news. We're going to the extremes. We're leaving the middle. <laughs> you're leaving the middle out, and Fox is in that but, kind of hot flaming center of nothing. A lot of young Democrats are actually shifting to watch Tucker Carlson because they they feel like CNN is so irrelevant to them. CNN is very irrelevant, but and Tucker. So you said yeah. Anderson Cooper. Tucker's has, interesting. He has 1.25 million viewers, viewers every day per per episode, I think, or per. per and per Joe day, Rogan yeah. has 11 million. All right, so Joe Rogan has 11 million people listening to him every day. Anderson Cooper has 1.25, and we're supposed to believe that Anderson Cooper is a more trustworthy voice than Joe Rogan. And I'm going. What exactly makes a journalist a journalist? Right. Because we all know they're no longer simply journalists. They're all editorials. There's no one just trying to give us the news in a factual way. No. Everyone is advocating a very particular perspective, opinion, uh, political position. And no one even hardly tries to hide it anymore. Do you feel like those political opinions are oftentimes dictated by the management or the ownership of the networks? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it is with Murdoch. It's, you know, it's, and, and by the way, right now, CNN's just a hot mass. I mean, and- Yeah, we've established <laughs> that for sure. They've established know. it. But even in their, in, in with their producers and- and the fired, cor corporate fired culture. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, okay, yeah. so here, here's my question. Yeah. Joe Rogan's not a journalist. No, he doesn't even claim he's to be a, a journalist. He's a, he's a podcaster slash conversationalist slash the ex-host of Fear Factor. Asking all the questions that- 11 million people want asked. Yes. <laughs> That's what people are missing. So are, th are they, and also Spotify hands over, what is it, 200 million, I think? What? Can you fact check me on that one, Avery? 200 awesome. million what? 200 million to take, because Joe Rogan went from, he was he was everywhere, right? He was YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all the different podcast okay. stations. Spotify signed an exclusive with him. I think it was, was it 200? It says over 100 million. Uh, over 100 million. Oh, you're talking about dollars? Yeah, hundred million dollars. <laughs> Over hundred million, million dollars, U.S. dollars. They're paying Joe Rogan for the exclusivity. Exclusivity. Deal of show. So he's no longer like his clips are on YouTube, I think, but his shows aren't on YouTube. You have, okay. to, you have to watch it okay. and listen to it on Spotify. Uh, we're doing this all wrong. What do you mean? Yes, <laughs> Spotify. Hit us up. You can we're, pay me like ten dollars. We're, we're doing we're doing all this free, and Joe Rogan is getting hundred million dollars, <laughs> and they're trying to cancel him. <laughs> Spotify, pay my Air One membership and I'll come over to you. But so, I just want a Chick-fil-A gift card or no, something. No, I don't. No. Chick-fil-A over in and out though. I don't know. No. Well, let's, okay, so anyways, he goes exclusive with Spotify. I don't think Spotify said we want you to talk about any specific subject. He's just, they're just going, do what you do. Right. Here's a platform. It's a platform. Be exclusive. Right. Maybe there will be a day where the CEO of Spotify sits down with podcasters and goes, hey, I need you to talk about this. Or, hey, I need you to talk about this. But they've signed people from Michelle Obama. I think they had Barack as well. They have, uh, I think Barack and um, Bruce Springsteen did something together. Oh, after Bruce Springsteen was canceled, 
for yes. the Jeep commercial. And then, for, yeah. And, and then he but was okay also, once he gets interviewed by Obama. They so also have saying. Harry, Prince Harry. Is he still a prince? He'll I always be know. a prince in our hearts. The wildling Harry and, sorry, that's, that's rude. Okay. Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. Okay. They signed a deal with Spotify, I think, for $25 million. Wow. They have put zero things out. But they're saying now Spotify needs to do something about Joe Rogan. Joni Mitchell saying something. Take me off. Wait a minute. Prince Harry saying something? Yeah, they said something. It's not even his country. <laughs> what do you mean it's not his country? <laughs> He's from England. Go fix England. Prince Harry <laughs> and, and uh, Meghan Markle. Okay. On. So keep going. Yeah, no, so I, I'm sitting here going, when did we become the nation where, uh, how did we go from the nation of Howard Stern has a place where he can speak as well as Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> I mean, no one ever talked about canceling Howard Stern or Rush Limbaugh. And those are two extremists. And now we're going to cancel Joe Rogan. And, but hey, this is what yes. concerns me. Yes. If you can't stop someone from having influence because he has 11 million listeners every day. Yes. And so you're trying to find an economic way of blackmailing the platforms that allow him to speak. Um, we are moving toward a dictatorship and we're moving away from the power of free speech. I think Make, yes. we should allow the best ideas to have power. And if you think he's wrong, have, communicate better have better ideas. Uh, and and if, if 11 million people are going to him and leaving Anderson Cooper and everyone else, you need to step back and ask yourself a question. What exactly is going on here? Maybe we're the ones missing the point. Megan and Prince Harry pen a letter to Spotify, which bought Rogan's podcast for around a hundred million dollars, uh, referencing the misinformation on his platform. You know what? Give the money back or put something on Spotify. <laughs> but I do think, it, 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 right, we, we've created an interesting culture. The culture is kind of in a place now, in a state where if you don't agree, you cannot be with the people. If you don't agree with the people, you, you can't be with the people. Right. But I think there's so many more people who agree with Joe Rogan's just questions, just the openness to the idea of let me disagree or agree with what this person's saying. I also love that it isn't a 30-second snippet on a, on a news headline with Robert Malone, he's going, you, yeah. here's three hours of data. You've right. got to dig. Yeah. And then you've got to Google on top of the digging. And, and Robert Malone talks about, he goes into it. He talks about, this is where I came from. The first five, seven minutes are him talking about his credentials. This is, mm. this is my career. This is where I've come from. Talks about working with Fauci. He's like, I've worked with Fauci for decades. He's like, there's no work, not working with Fauci in my line of work. <laughs> He's the guy and you have to work with him. So we've all worked with them. He doesn't say anything good or bad about it. But he talks a lot about the politics. So we're in a state now as a society where if you don't agree with us, you cannot be with us. And if it's worse than that, you can't just be, you can't even exist inside of our hemisphere. So what's going to happen when they find out and I mean, they, the people who think it has to be singular one way, when they find out there's other people that exist in the world, <laughs> what, what, what happens yeah. then, right? Well, I mean, I think we're watching what happens. Are we? Uh, people do not like opposing views to have more influence in their view. They, right. They're hitting them with a misinformation tagline, right. right? The misinformation tagline feels like, what, would they, what do they do in the 40s with the, with the communists? The communism thing in Hollywood? 
Oh, yeah. Everyone's a communist until they can prove that they're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're blacklisted. Exactly. And so you become guilty before ever being proven guilty. Yeah. You, you're guilty. And, you, and then, like, this isn't the U.S., right? Like, you, you're, you're, you're not guilty until proven. Or you're guilty until, no. You're, you're innocent, innocent until, until proven well, guilty. I can't even get it right. You're innocent until proven guilty. And I was talking with one of our guys in Mexico, and they were like, no, you're guilt here, you're guilty until proven innocent. The difference between the border. <laughs> the difference between the borders. Yeah. But so if you commit a crime, run to the United States. Yeah. But, at least here, you're innocent until proven guilty. We're completely removing it, right? So they want to label him misinformation, mm -hmm. which is almost like back in the day when you, at least for me, mm -hmm. you, you know, I couldn't buy CDs that had explicit on it. Right. On the cover. Yeah. You know, like it was like with NWA or yeah. with all these rappers, it was kind of like that era of the 90s rap when it was like, this is explicit content, but mm -hmm. it made kids want to buy it more. So yeah. do you think this is going to happen with Joe Rogan where they're going to put this misinformation tag and he's still going to keep saying what he says and people are going to flock to it because it's some source of freedom, whether it's true or not, there's truth inside of it. Yeah. Or there's facts inside of it and you have to figure it out. Yeah. I, I also think he's going to become more and more popular as the stories that are being told in the mainstream don't match out, match up with the experiences that people are having in real life. And it's, because right now I feel like we're in an emperor has no clothes kind of moment when you're looking at the news going, wait a minute, wait a minute, you guys, you keep changing your story and then acting like you should be trusted all the time. Yeah. And the government should have a misinformation well, tagline on there. Okay, maybe a little bit more transparency. I mean, I was so liberal. Really? Oh my! I was like a flaming liberal. And this, is a, this is a this is a big confession. Right it is a big you. confession. Before I, um, you know, um, before I ever had any kind of faith, um, I was an extreme liberal, almost an anarchist. And um, and then when I came to faith, I incorporated my views into my faith because I thought they made sense. They matched. I thought Jesus would have been in my mind, a liberal socialist, you know, because right, right. uh, you, you interject what you believe into your faith rather than the other way around sometimes. And I, I am so disappointed because the reason I was a liberal wasn't because I believed in the economic strategies. It was because I didn't trust government. Okay. See, so I thought, okay, liberals are against government. L liberals are the ones who stick it to the man. <laughs> liberals are the right. ones who will never bow the knee to the institution. Yeah. And now I'm going, what happened, guys? You, when did it switch? Man, I, I'm not really sure what happened, but somewhere along the way, and actually I think what maybe the switch has been that the only institutional structure in government that liberals tend to trust is socialism. Hmm. And so once there was a, I think a confidence that we could move our government towards socialism, liberals became actually more pro-government. And, and, so, and then Republicans and conservatives tend, tended to be anti-government, minimal right. government, minimal government. And, um, but um, except when it came to defense budgets, like give me all the money in the universe to build an army, because that was a very conservative Republican kind of view. And uh, so balancing a budget never mattered if you could buy another tank. You just can't have enough of those. And, and I've watched this kind of shift over my lifetime. And I'm going, I'm still the same person in that I don't trust governments. I don't think that governments should be given more power. I think they should have minimal power. I think that they should be unintrusive in our lives. And maybe part of the shift, Republicans are to blame. 
because, you, you know, most conservatives are against abortion. And since they felt they were losing the moral battle against abortion, they decided let's politicize it. Let's use government's power to force people into making a certain moral choice. And, uh, and so that became like the platform for it. And so once you make one issue, an issue where the government can control a person's life, you just start adding and adding and adding more things. But now guys, you need to realize that it's now gone to the other side too. And, uh, it, right. you know, now it seems like more and more the liberal aspect of our society is wanting to control all of our life interactions. Um, and I'm kind of like a person going, I want as much freedom to choose as humanly possible. Yeah. And then I want to advocate for better choices. I think you can change a person by changing the moral compass rather than imposing laws on people. Hmm. Which leads me to Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg. So Whoopi Goldberg makes a statement and I first read about the consequences of it, and then I went and heard her, her remarks. Okay. And um, I heard that she made anti-Semitic remarks and that um, obviously the Jewish community was up in arms, the Anti-Defamation League was very angry. And um, she made, if I could summarize it, she basically said the Holocaust was not an issue of race. It was white people killing white people. It was still, atrocious. It was still, um, you know, a horrific act of inhumanity. But she said, but it's not racism because once you put it to that category, then it, it goes in a different direction. And I, I, and I think the dilemma probably was that I don't know. I don't, th I, I'm going to give her the benefit of that. I don't believe she's trying to diminish the, the horrific nature of the Holocaust. I think she was, but I do think she was saying that racism, black against uh, uh, white against black, is worse, and it's a different issue. It's a different subject altogether, and and so because the only real rationale for saying it wasn't racist was to say what's happening in American racism is is different because it's and it's worse. It's really interesting too, yeah. though, because if you if you, I don't I I, I don't know enough. Like I I heard a, a, a brief clip and we were talking about it. And then I'm reading this on AP News. Goldberg made her original comments during a discussion on the show Monday about a Tennessee school board's banning of Maus, Maus, M-A-U-S, a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about the Nazi death camps during World War II. She said the Holocaust was, quote, not about race. It's about humans or about man's inhumanity to another man, end quote. But there, but that's, there's a lot of, I think they jumped pretty quickly. Um, and so, it, it's, I'm not even going to talk about the comments. I'm going to let you talk about the comments and, and the validity and, and I'll let you comment on, on what she said. But I guess the question I have is if she's on a public network, right? She's on ABC, mm -hmm. she's on The View. Right. She has less freedom than Joe Rogan, right? Where if she was on Joe Rogan, she could say what she wants to say. Yes, because he's on Radio Free America. Well, and she's I, she's a part of a corporate organization. He's not on radio. He's on he's on Spotify. He's on oh, podcast. Maybe, well, right? up Publicly to now, traded it, company. Up to today, it's radio free because they don't tell him what to say. Well, it's not free either. Like that's the thing too, right? Oh. Like, you got to pay for spot. You have to pay for Spotify, right? Yeah, you have to yeah. pay for Spotify. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah but she has more constraints. She has more constraints. Network. Yeah. Like the fact, like no one's. I don't think anyone's calling Joe Rogan, going bringing him into HR, going, hey. <laughs> You know, who knows? Maybe they did talk to him. I'm not sure. I'm sure he gets talked to every episode he does. But so what, what would draw Whoopi to even like, 
Is there a... I don't know. I feel like it's a dangerous road to go down because I, I don't like the comments she made. I think mm-hmm. she was a little flippant. Yeah. Uh, dismissive. Dismissive. Yeah. And, but talking about free speech, like, you know, if you don't have anyone in, in like even they, they had a dialogue about it. The right. other women didn't agree with her, mm-hmm. but that's not, that it's, not that that's good television, but I feel like that's just good humanity to go, okay, let's have an open discussion about this and let's reel it in or let's talk about what we talked about. But there isn't. They just suspended her. Right. So she, they suspended her for speaking freely. Right. Uh, for two weeks. Yeah. For two weeks. To, right. to, it's like a, a, a timeout, as you said earlier. It's a, time, <laughs> it's a, it's a timeout. They, they gave her a timeout. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here, here are some of my thoughts on that. Um, one, um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg is, I think, kind of known for um, being pretty relentless and ruthless toward people who are more conservative in their views. Okay. And so she's a very, very strong, intelligent, um, clear spoken. And decorated. Like she's a professional. She's been around the industry for decades. Brilliant, talented, um, can communicate her ideas very well. So when she says she misspoke, I'm going, I don't think she misspoke. I, I, I think Whoopi Goldberg is so smart she doesn't misspeak. Yeah, and, but everyone misspeaks. Yeah, no, but I think what she what she did is she shared what she really felt. Okay, and I, I and I feel like we're in a society right now where even if you think something, if it goes bad, you have to apologize for it, and you have to say I didn't mean to say that. I think she did mean to say it. I think she means it. I think she does see the Holocaust as a white on white crime, right? And she sees um, American racism being black and white, and that's a different thing for her. Yeah. And so when she said she misspoke, I felt that she shouldn't have to say that. I think she should have been able to say, that's my opinion, that's the way I see it, and I'm advocating for my view, and she should not be suspended. So ironically, I don't, I don't think Joe Rogan should be uh, canceled off of Spotify, and I don't think Whoopi Goldberg should be suspended for speaking her mind, even if she's wrong. And I think the next day she was super apologetic, and I felt like her apologies uh, we're very sincere, and um, and I, I don't think she's uh, um, I don't think she ever tries to be a mean person or anything that way. Do you but, think? Because it felt I think she's getting in trouble because it felt anti-Semitic. Well, because yeah, because the but, statement was clearly received as anti-Semitic, and and it and I do think in her mind. Do you think that was her intention? No, I think she was trying to say. Like, I don't think black she was, and white crime is different than what happened in the Holocaust. Yeah. But she yeah. did not communicate that effectively. No, but but I think she also doesn't understand something else about about human culture. Okay. That racism isn't just black and white. And and maybe she needs to be educated on the broader global dynamics. And because when you look at uh, like Asian culture, there's so much hatred and racism between Koreans and Japanese and Chinese, even though outsiders may not see the differences. But they see the differences so clearly, and they're not just um, about the physical differences. There are cultural differences and historical um, differences of, that create massive hatred and disdain for each other. And, and I know even like in Japan, uh, there was a season where if you're sitting on a bus and you were sitting in the wrong seat in a section you're not supposed to be in, uh, one of the things would happen, somebody would go, oh, are you, excuse me, are you Korean? And they go what? And, and they go, uh, and they'd point to the sign, and they would even use the other cultures as a 
dismissive, derogatory phrase. And, and I don't know if when you're only in a black and white world, do you see the nuances? I'm from El Salvador. You cannot understand the nuances of racism and prejudice between Mexicans and Argentines and, and uh, Salvadorians and, you know, and uh, Puerto Ricans and Cubans. And uh, as an outside culture, you would just think everyone's the same. Right. But an insider, you realize, no, and, no, and even different. inside the culture, uh, the, um, the people who are, quote, more indigenous, the people who are more uh, European, the, um, it, it, there's, there's racism even within nations like El Salvador of the different people there. And you're looking at India with the caste system. And you, you would look at old Indians and go, well, they're all Indians. They go, no, the caste system is one of the most severe forms of apartheid and racism in the world. And I think Whoopi is trying to simplify the world into, in the world, the world of racism into black against white. And it's just very naive and it's very simple uh, minded in that sense. And, and in spite of all that, you see, I think she should be allowed to say what she believes uh, and then she should be allowed to defend it. Someone should be allowed to come on and have yeah. a conversation yeah. and uh, that presents a different perspective. And that's what makes this nation better. And, and so I don't think she should have been suspended for two weeks. I think, it, it, by the way, though, if she had said that and she was a conservative, she would have been fired and canceled yes. permanently. Oh, for sure. And so the fact that she's a liberal allowed her to only be suspended for two weeks. Yeah. If she was a conservative, she'd be gone. Yeah. And I, I noticed, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, I first found out about it because mm -hmm. I, I, one of my friends is Jewish and they were posting about it mm -hmm. and they were obvi obviously very upset. So then I started digging a little bit more. And then I called you and I was like, did you mm -hmm. hear about this thing? And we were talking about yeah. it. And obviously I, I want to learn more about every culture. And, I, and I, you, you can't, I think it's just, it's just, it's, it's a moment in history that you have to treat with such um, care. Mm -hmm. Because when you look into the data or just the reality that, you know, was it over 6 million Jews were, or were murdered, mm -hmm. right? In, in, in the midst of, of such a small amount of time, right. it's just, it's, that will never be, you can never talk about that lightly, right? right? It has to be talked with, it has to be spoken of with such reverence and I think, uh, 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 care, right? Yeah. And so, I, but it, you know, and I, and I think, and she got caught by, by trying to put it into a, a caption on a, in a, in a, in a comment on a situation in the U S and that reflects badly on her. But, but how do you treat everything with the, the proper care that it needs to be, right? Because then it's like you offend everyone. Well, I think the big mistake she made is she was dismissive over another culture's suffering. Right. Because she cares more about the suffering of her own people. Which is odd because... And, yeah. Well, and, and then the irony, and it's just more of a nuanced part of this, is that Whoopi Goldberg is not Jewish, but she chose a Jewish identity, seem, I, it, from best I can tell, to help her success in the movie industry. Right. I, mean, I think her name is um, Karen Evelyn Johnson. Uh, her, is that right? I think her dad was a Baptist preacher. Her Carolyn mom was Elaine a nurse. Johnson. Yeah. And uh, right, Elaine Johnson. And, um, and she's, you know, 90 something percent of African descent, another 8%, I think, of European descent, uh, no Jewish blood, uh, no descent at all. And, um, and so here's a person who takes on the identity of a people without necessarily I, taking on their their pain. Right. And, and their history. Their history. And, yeah. I, th and I think that's worse. It, it's, it's, so it, it just added to me the irony of all of this.
Um, we can, we have to stop trying to act like everything is about race. You see, I, I think that um, the issues of of white against black in our nation is still a human issue. You see, when she yeah. says the Holocaust is is a uh, a human conflict, white against white, I'm going no. Even when it's white against black, even when it's um, it, it, it's Catholic against Protestant in in, in Northern Ireland, right. it's always a human issue. Racism is a human issue. And, and race, race is just one category in which humans give themselves permission to hate another people and to justify violence. And we need to eliminate all of those categories and not act like one is worse than the other. And, uh, and, and that to me is like an important question. But today, though, our focus has been, are we going to eliminate opposing voices in our culture? Or are we going to let people speak their minds without being canceled? Are we going to let Joe Rogan speak? Are we going to let Whoopi Goldberg speak? Are we going to let Aaron McManus speak? And, Apparently um, not. Apparently <laughs> not. And, All or, around. Or are we going to move into a society where um, you have to fact, you have to not fact check, you have to opinion check your every thought so you don't get canceled? What I would have preferred to happen in both situations with Joe Rogan and with Whoopi Goldberg, and maybe this is what Neil Young was trying to do, but I imagine Joe Rogan was trying to get Neil Young on his show. I would have rather, like, because we haven't talked about this element of it yet. Okay. Because I love what you just said. Mm -hmm. Why would we ever trust Neil Young to talk about medicine over a decorated scientist medical professional? All right, there you go. That's the same thing I was saying <laughs> a right? little bit earlier uh, about why would you want... Dorsey, the head of Twitter, Twitter to determine what science we listen to. Right. But I wish there's a huge there's a huge miss, right? Because it's 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 obviously it's Joe Rogan's show and it's obviously The View, it's ABC's show. But how much better would it have been if Joe Rogan went, okay, Neil, let's sit down with you. But you go and pick a doctor of your choosing, pick your fighter, and I'm gonna pick Robert Malone, <laughs> and then let's have them have a conversation about the data and the facts, mm -hmm. right? Or let's have Whoopi Goldberg sit down and and learn something. You know, and and have a conversation with someone who's actually Jewish who can actually give insight. Because if you don't, she did have someone come. I think from the Anti Defamation League the next day. I think it was like the next day or that that week. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that because I think it's like yeah. if, if you if you make a mistake, you should be able to come back from it, and you yeah. also should be able to not be embarrassed about the learning moment. Like, okay, I made a mistake. I should have said that. And I'm I'm not apologizing for for saying something wrong. I'm apologizing to hurting your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because and then let me learn how to say it right, or let me like clarify my position, and let's like see if actually what I believe is wrong, or maybe I'm you know because I I don't mm -hmm. I think we just end up we 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 settle for like uh, just bashing each other and discrediting each other before we ever actually get to know each other. Yeah. And I think that Joe Rogan is probably more likely to invite someone like Neil Young on his show. Yeah. Because I think he loves having conflicting views. Yes. And he, and um. And I think it just makes a better world when we allow different opinions and different positions. And, and, and frankly, it's one of the reasons I'm so bored with cable news. Because when, when I flip over to Fox, everybody they have, every guest, only agrees with them. Right. I flip over to CNN, every, everybody they have, every guest, every expert already completely agrees with them going, are, are, you, are you guys just so limited in who you can access that you never yeah. have any credible person who disagrees with you? Because whether they like, whether you like it or not, they are just trying to get you to watch so they can play commercials. <laughs> no, it's so, it's just true. 
<laughs> they want you to watch so they can play commercials. They can sell you stuff, make money so they can sell you more stuff. Yeah. And the same with a podcast. Yeah. But I think the difference is the podcast survives on giving people raw information, raw data, raw perspective, and then mm -hmm. you have to figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. We're, and it, it's, it's reflective of our society. We are little birds needing a big bird to drop <laughs> little worms in our mouths. After it's been chewed. We don't want to, we, we're not a culture, like I've been watching Yellowstone, I'm obsessed. Forget this life. Forget all of my, my clothes. Forget, I want a truck in Montana and I want to raise livestock because Yellowstone's my favorite show right now. <laughs> but it's it's that it's we don't we don't they, they they talk a lot about you know the Western world the modern world versus mm -hmm. the old Western world. But like people don't want to they they have this this uh sorry they they talk a lot about um like uh killing animals and if it's right or wrong right they have this mm -hmm. this this character on the show you're not in this part of the season yet or part of the series yet that is a, an activist mm -hmm. for for animal rights and then. He invites the head guy, Mr. Dunn, invites her on the ranch. Like, hey, just see what we do. Learn about us. And we all want to learn about you. And she goes, I'm so surprised at how much you love the animals and love the people and love the process. There's still, these animals are being sold to make steaks, to feed people and to provide a life for all the people mm -hmm. who cowboy it and raise it. But it is this like thing. They're trying to cancel each other out. One's trying to destroy, <laughs> be so progressive that they never have farmers. The other one's trying to destroy the progression so they never evolve yeah and it is this it's this like this this paradox that's caught in the middle where we will we ever understand each other will we ever let the other person's ideology come into ours i don't know where that started but that's where we ended <laughs> i don't even know what i was saying about yellowstone what, what uh, oh oh you don't want to kill for your food you don't want to actually go and do the hard work to feed yourself and that is like the podcast world that's the raw data mm. right you only want a pretty person to tell you what you should believe in. That's churches and that's news and that's education. That's products that we buy, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's so interesting because I remember um, one time I think I, I wrote something or I did this talk and I said something that really upset people. Which would you say? I love these moments. I can't, I can't remember in this particular moment. I've had many. No, no, tell and, me. And someone emailed me and said, I, I'll never listen to you again. And went, it just tore me to shreds. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I remember thinking to myself, so did you only listen to me because everything I said happened to always agree with you? Right. And then the moment I said something that you disagreed with, you set me on fire. Yeah. And, and I think that the reality is that most of us only listen to ourselves in other people's voices. <laughs> and there's something to that, right? Like, I would say that something I'm learning in the beginning of this year is that a prerequisite for friendship is if that friend listens to you or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And not just on the other side of the table, but actually like when you ask each other for life advice or don't ask each other for life advice, but the other one gives it or you give it, if they actually listen to it. And I, I don't know if I want to be friends, like not even like cordial, like cordial, yes, but not even like fringe friend with people who are unwilling to listen to each other. Like there's obviously changes that each person needs to make. Can, if I can see that in your life, you can see that in my life, you know, you know, can we do that with each other? I had a friend ask me, we went to a basketball game together. He said, 
do you want accountability in your life? And I was like, oh, that's such a great question. Because he's like, he was going, are you inviting me to be someone who's real with you in your life? And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great question. I blacked out. <laughs> but I thought it, it was it was actually it was Kevin, it, uh, Kevin Hoyce. And it was like such a, I thought it was such a great question. Because it, it wasn't, mm-hmm. let me give you advice. It was, hey, are you open to accountability in your life? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I've never, no one's ever asked that like that. I was like, yes, but um, what does that look like? You know, like what does that look like for you and me in that relationship? And I thought it was a, a great start to a healthy friendship, right? Yes, but not this weekend. <laughs> yes, but not right now. I have popcorn. We got snacks now. Can we do it later? <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I think it's a great question. And uh, because no one can hold you accountable to anything you don't want to be accountable for. And we're all just really too good at hiding and lying and faking and that's why people would always ask me, do you have an accountability team? I said, everyone I know whose life is crashed and burned had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the reality is that accountability begins with you. And, and then when you have people, and if when you hold yourself accountable, your friends actually know they can't speak into your life because you're tr- they're trying to help you become what you've already decided you want to become. No one can make you who you don't want to be, mm. but people can help you on your journey to become who you want to be. I think with that, we're going to end this episode, yeah? Yeah, I just, uh, because I'm being compulsive, I love this uh, podcast. I love Battle Ready because it allows me to have conversations with you about things that I just can't actually um, bring into like a Sunday format. And and for a long time, I felt like, well, I, I, I have to speak about the most important things in the world on Sunday, but I don't get to speak about everything that needs to be spoken about. And I'm just, I just really love the fact that we talk about stuff that make us uncomfortable. We talk about stuff that we're still not even sure about how we feel about. And, um, and I just think this is like the best kind of world where, um, you get to be yourself. You get to speak your mind. You get to talk about tough subjects. You, you don't have to be an expert. And by the way, an, uh, an opinion doesn't require expertise. It just requires um, concern. And, um, and, and I will say this, and when I listen to the news, I have people who are pretending to be experts telling me what to think. When I've heard clips from Joe Rogan, I hear a person who's asking questions about issues that all of us are thinking about. And I hope with Battle Ready, we'll, um, even though we may not have all the answers people need in life, I hope we always ask the questions people need to talk about. See, I think Joe Rogan is kind of the rock that's going to break this wave of this uh, kind of old way of even how we elect our presidents. Mm. Right? I think Trump was this debacle that the, the Republican Party didn't know what to deal with. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think guys like Joe Rogan, where it's like, hey, this is like an open information act, right? Mm-hmm. Here's all the information, go and find the true data. It's almost like yeah. a Julian Assange, right? <laughs> He's having a more personal uh, path to that. You know, if you don't know who Julian Assange is, right? He's just releasing WikiLeaks and it's yeah. just thick data you have to go through. And the same with Joe Rogan. But I wonder if the next generations of presidents will be people who, who aren't, uh, they don't just look good to be your president, right? 
Mm-hmm. They're not the Anderson Coopers of the world. They're not even the, the Tucker Carlson's of the world. They're the people who who hand you information in a perfect packet. They're the people who actually go here. Let's actually figure out a way to guide and lead the country into a new season of life and a new way of life. Mm. And I, I I hope this I hope it destroys everything in a perfectly organized <laughs> way. Go free speech. Go free speech. And this has been fun having this conversation. It's been fun. Okay. So just want to say thank you to everybody in the booth. Austin St. John. We have Avery. Introduce yourself, Avery. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Avery Miller. You're a Kansas City fan? I am a Kansas City fan through and through, yes. And they lost last week. I would like um, to not speak on that. That's mm. fun. Okay. <laughs> you know what it is? It's our LA Rams going to the Super Bowl, baby. Oh, that's right. Come on. But I'm Burroughs, but Jay Burroughs is my guy. Yeah, to me, it's like either the Rams are going to win or Joe Burroughs is going to win. Or we all win with Jay Burroughs. Okay, (laughs) thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for everyone who subscribes to YouTube and watches this thing. Thank you for all the guys who comment, uh, men and women who comment in the comments. Uh, You can actually rate this podcast on Spotify now, so go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, We love it. Thank you. And then you can rate and review this on Apple, iTunes. And then I guess there's people who listen to it on Google and whatever the other ones. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Thank you so much. See you next Friday. Happy birthday, Mariah.